One minister tells about his experiences. He and his wife endeavored to reopen and establish a church that had been closed for a year. They went to a university town, and the church property was in shambles, so much so the power company refused to turn on the electricity, except for one single solitary utility pole so he could repair the building. The only job he could find to work paid typical college town minimum wage. He and his wife added their meager income in one column, their minimal expenses in another, but no matter what they tried, the math didn't work. The expenses outweighed the income, but they never missed paying a bill and they never went without necessities. One Friday night, they did not have the money to buy fuel for their car to go to a sectional youth rally, so they just went window shopping at the local mall only looking because they didn't have money to buy. And while at the mall, the minister stuck his hand into his pocket on the suit coat and discovered a $20 bill. $20, happy day. He had no idea who placed it there. So they decided to fuel up the car and travel to that rally to be inspired, to be encouraged. And while there, the minister shook the hand of another pastor who left a $50 bill in his hand, or up to 70 bucks now. God was demonstrating his desire and his ability to care for this young couple. Recently, the same minister was suffering through a health crisis, one after another, in the midst of a roller coaster year. His parents had to be placed in a nursing home, and there his father fell and broke his hip. Earlier in the year, the minister traveled to the town where his father was going through rehab and drove his dad back to the nursing home. Just one month later, the minister himself was suffering severe seasonal allergies during the COVID-19 pandemic. He was finally able to get a measure of medical assistance and relief, but it did not completely disappear. Ultimately, he was diagnosed with severe asthma and given medication to try to help. Shortly after that, he contracted the COVID-19 virus. And a month later, he suffered a second, detached retina, having suffered his first only two years earlier. The man cried out in complaint to God in the midst of his seemingly unending suffering. No end in sight. He recounted everything he was doing for God, for the kingdom of God. But God did not seem impressed. God did not seem to be moved. The Lord simply reminded him gently of the many times he had provided over the years. He was ashamed, ashamed for doubting God, ashamed for his complaining attitude. And he realized afresh anew that the key to dealing with present adversity exists in looking to the Lord's ever-present care in the past and through maintaining his absolute faith in Jesus Christ for the present. He realized Jesus really does care for his people and he alone is the reliable bearer of all of our burdens. And we're going to hear more about that from our good friend, King David, right after this. Welcome to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, brought to you by Word of Flame Curriculum and the Pentecostal Publishing House. This podcast encourages adult disciples to think deeply about God's Word, further develop their personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and make a greater commitment to the purpose and plan of God for their lives. Let's dive into today's lesson and explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. Good day to you, God's Word for Life listeners. Yours truly is L.J. Harry, and I am your host for this God's Word for Life companion podcast. So glad you're with me today. I hope all is well. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Today we wrap up our series through the book of Psalms, and we are in Psalm 55, Verse 22, and this episode stems from a lesson from God's Word for Life that is entitled, Our Burden Bearer, dated July 31st, 2022. So reading from Psalm 55, verse 22, in 2022, it reads this, 
cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. And that psalm comes from the heart of the hand of David. David had a son named Absalom. He was the rebellious one. And David was the beloved king of Israel. But Absalom hated his half-brother Amnon because Amnon raped his sister Tamar. When David failed to deal with this horrendous behavior of Amnon, Absalom began to deal with it himself. If dad won't take care of it, I will. And One day while Amnon was drinking wine and probably impaired from drinking, Absalom ordered his servants to kill Amnon, taking justice into his own hands. And as a result of that fallout, Absalom went into exile at Geshur. We can read that story in 2 Samuel 13, verse 38. He spent three years there. And eventually, David allowed Absalom to return to Jerusalem, even though they didn't see each other for an additional two years. And finally, after five years, Absalom was reunited with his dad, but this reunion was destined for trouble. Absalom began to gain influence among the men in Israel. He, he tried to usurp the throne of his dad, David, eventually relocating to Hebron and declaring himself, Absalom, to be the king, although he knew very well David was king. Absalom, his own son, betrayed his own dad. Have you ever experienced betrayal at the hands of a trusted friend? If so, what were you feeling? What were the emotions that were going through your heart and mind in those times? Absalom did not rebel alone. He had a friend named Ahithophel, who was David's counselor before Absalom usurped him. Ahithophel betrayed David as well. He began to serve as a counselor to Absalom now in Hebron as Absalom sought to kill his dad David and fully take the throne. So one day Absalom sought Ahithophel's counsel on how he could take out his father, how he could take out his mighty men because David's mighty men were mighty. And Ahithophel gave Absalom some shrewd but a tactically smart plan to pursue David immediately. But God had another plan. And God had another man. His name was Hushai. And Hushai was in place ready to enact God's plan, not his own. David himself made a shrewd tactical move by sending Hushai back to Absalom to pledge his loyalty to Absalom, all under the guise of loyalty, but really he was being loyal to David. David recognized having someone loyal in Absalom's inner circle would be a great advantage to David. It would open up some lines of tactical communication from his enemy. It was a brilliant move. It was a preemptive strategy on David's part, but greater than its tactical shrewdness was the fact it provided a loyal subject through whom God could work his will on David's behalf. Regardless of our human intellect and our abilities, we sometimes tend to think only strategically on a human level while missing the supernatural divine level through which God is wanting to accomplish his work on our behalf. The Faith Life Study Bible observes this divine supernatural work of God in this story. I quote, In response to David's prayer in 1531 of Second Samuel, Yahweh raises up Hushai the Archite to defeat the council of Ahithophel. Yahweh also ensures that the needs of David and his entourage are met while in the wilderness. That was written by John Barry concerning 2 Samuel chapter 17. Not only did Hushai provide alternative counsel to Absalom, which helped preserve David and save his and his men's lives, he also sent a warning to David about Absalom's tactical plan. He was pretty much David's confidential informant. Thanks to Hushai's advance warning, David and his men continued to outmaneuver Absalom's army. 
They were prepared and able to take evasive and preparatory action for future battles. David and his men regrouped and organized for battle against Absalom and those aligned with him. David's troops went out against them and engaged them in the forest of Ephraim, where the insurgents lost 20,000 men. It's important to note believers should be sensitive to the voice of God, allowing them to take evasive action when needed, avoiding the ravages of a spiritual enemy. Our weapons are prayer, the word of God, commitment, faithfulness to the house of God, and other spiritual disciplines that prepare us for the spiritual battles ahead and empower us to go on the offensive against Satan and his cronies. Now think about your weapons. Think about the effect of your daily time of prayer and reflecting on God. How does that strengthen you and prepare you for some daily spiritual battles? What might be the negative effects if failing to maintain that daily time with God? Betrayal is a heavy, heavy burden to bear. It's never pleasant to be betrayed by a friend or acquaintance, but to be betrayed by a family member is a pain that defies description. But such was the pain and burden David has borne at the betrayal he experienced through his own son Absalom's rebellion. And despite that burden David bore, he explicitly ordered his soldiers, deal gently with the young man. Scripture reads, And the king commanded Joab and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. 2 Samuel 18, verse 5. It seemed clear that David expected them to spare Absalom's life and bring him alive when they found him. But that was not to be Absalom's end. Absalom's long, beautiful hair, a great source of pride for him, became entangled in a tree during the battle, and his beast of burden, his horse or mule, ran underneath a tree, leaving Absalom hanging by his hair. And despite David's explicit order, Joab took the occasion as opportunity to kill David's rebellious enemy. He thought he was doing David a favor. He was actually breaking his own king's heart. The word of Absalom's death had increased David's burden and pain exponentially. Even though Absalom betrayed him, he was still his son. But David knew where to turn for encouragement and for help. He could not control the circumstances that suddenly came against him and the grief that suddenly enveloped him, but he could control his reaction to those circumstances. He knew his hope and his strength were found in the Lord. How do you handle troublesome burdens you experience in life's trials? What have you found to be your best course of action in those times? Do you go to God? Do you run from God? How do you handle that? Despite Absalom's out-of-control rebellion and effort to usurp the throne of his dad, David still extended love and mercy and grace. However, although David wanted to spare Absalom and possibly rehabilitate him, Absalom's outrageous actions brought their own retribution upon his head as Joab killed him against the wishes of his king. When we fail to control our response to our circumstances, we risk acting in ways that will invite the judgment of God against us. We can't control what happens in life, but we can control how we react in the midst of our anger or hurt or disappointment. As someone once wisely observed, when things go wrong, don't go with them. And the 55th Psalm 
which we read today, records a prayer of David during a time of great grief and distress and anguish at the treachery of a friend. Some believe David was writing concerning the betrayal of his son Absalom, but others believe it was David when he was writing when he was returning from King Saul. But either way, whenever David penned this psalm, it must reflect the kind of pain and suffering he endured at the betrayal of his own son or even his own king. David cried out to God for mercy, as he often did, living the constant faith in God that gave him solace and strength continually. In his extreme anguish and grief, David knew no source of help greater than the mighty hand of God, and he needed divine strength to face his betrayers face to face. When you contemplate the adage, facing your fears with faith, how might that approach help you to live a victorious Christian life? David's pain stemmed from knowing the deep hurt of betrayal. Had it been an enemy from the battlefield, he he would have been able to deal with it, but he did not consider his adversary to be an enemy, but an equal, a companion, a familiar friend. Psalm 55, verses 12 through 14. His anguish was driving him to desire a way of escape, perhaps a place of solitude in a wilderness where he could find some shelter from the windy storm and tempest of his difficult times. That's verse 8. David was a warrior of warriors an army commander of commanders, not one to shrink from the rigors of battle, but he found himself facing betrayal, the most challenging hurt and circumstances he had ever faced. From this pain, he would readily flee if he could, but he could not. But fortunately, David knew the best remedy for dealing with pain, with hurts, with betrayal. He took his burdens to the Lord. David knew the best way to come out of the anguish and deal with his pain was to cast his cares upon his God. Only the sustaining power of God could deliver him from the suffering of betrayal. He was certain that as long as he kept his faith and confidence in God, nothing would be able to move him from the Lord's hand of righteousness. And so David wrote, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Peter had the same kind of encouragement. He encouraged the early believers to rely on the care of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. He wrote, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. The Lord sees us in our most difficult times of challenge and discouragement. He desires to carry our burdens for us as we place our complete faith in him. That may be easier said than done, but it must be done. How can we practically cast our burdens upon the Lord? How do you do it? The primary key to living a successful Christian life is maintaining a constant faith in our God. Continually look to Him for everything you need, everything we need for Christian life. God has invited us to cast all our cares upon Him. He is faithful. He won't suffer our foot to slip. He's always there to sustain us, to keep us through the most challenging circumstances in this life. But we must ask for His help. An important aspect of faith is having confidence to ask God for help and for provisions we need. John wrote about this kind of faith in his first epistle, 1 John 5, verses 14 through 15. And this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. What a faithful, good God. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. King David encountered betrayal, a source of trouble and hurt that many people have experienced all through time. 
David's betrayal involved having to flee to the wilderness to avoid the treachery of his own son Absalom. In our day, the circumstance would not likely involve an individual having to flee and hide from an enemy, but the hurt and pain of betrayal, they're still the same as David experienced. David was a masterful warrior on the battlefield, a man with impeccable strategizing ability, which was demonstrated in sending Hushai to Hebron to pose as a loyalist to Absalom and became a pipeline of information back to David. (laughs) Hushai, you're going to be my CI. But David knew his human battlefield skills were limited insufficient to solely provide deliverance and help he so desperately needed. He needed the divine help of God. So the 55th Psalm records David's cries to God for divine help, divine intervention. And in this Psalm, David confessed his frustration and weariness. He professed his deep pain caused by his enemies and his desire to flee somewhere where he could completely escape their treachery. He even revealed that the betrayal he experienced came from those very close to him from a friend, from a trusted friend. We don't know for certain that the psalm was written during Absalom's rebellion or maybe during the time he was hunted by Saul, but in either case, the pain and desperation David experienced were the same. The hurt, the pain, the devastation of being betrayed by somebody so close to him. David did not make Psalm 55 merely a recounting of his pain and frustrations. He made it his appeal to God for divine assistance. David cried out to God in faith, that by the hand of God's divine intervention, he would win. He was certain God was listening, and he was. He fully believed in God's hand to save him and God's hand to defeat his enemies. David set the ideal pattern for contemporary believers in our day. We need to faithfully cry out to God, both in worship and in prayer. Unveil the pain within our hearts. Express our absolute faith in the power and the glory of God. And... Call upon his divine help in time of discouragement and distress. Our faith in God will cause us to look expectantly for the intervention only God can provide, waiting patiently for the day when God gives us complete consolation and deliverance. As we cast our cares and burdens upon the Lord, we will discover how greatly he cares for us and desires to carry our burdens on our behalf. God cares for you and wants to carry the burdens you carry so you don't carry them alone. I want to pray for you, and I pray you would pray as well, that the Lord would help you today, give you the grace, give you the faith to cast your burdens upon him. Some things are just too great for us to carry on our own, and yet Scripture teaches us in Isaiah that surely he, the Lord Jesus Christ, has carried all of our griefs, carried all of our sorrows. He's already borne that for us. So we can cast them on him afresh and new today and not have to carry them by ourselves. Lord Jesus, we love you. All our faith is in you. We know when we cry out, you hear us and you will help us. We cast our burdens upon you, Lord, and ask you to please help us. Give us strength. Give us grace. We ask you today, Lord Jesus, to help us not to be moved. Though we have been betrayed or though we have been hurt, though our soul is in distress and anguish, you are the one who carries our burdens. I do pray for those today who bear burdens too heavy for them to carry. Help them to cast them upon you and trust and know that you will carry them for us and you will deliver us. You are good. You are faithful. You are great. Nothing is too hard and nothing is too small. I pray today, Lord Jesus, help us to carry our burdens to you, cast them upon you 
and know you will carry them for us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks so much, God's Word for Life listeners. I hope this episode has blessed you. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to share so you won't have to miss, and nobody you care about will have to miss an episode of God's Word for Life. I want to give a quick shout-out to our winners of the episode Download Race. The United States, over the last month or so, had the most downloads by a pretty wide margin, but right behind North America came the United Kingdom over there in Europe. So thank you so much, United Kingdom, for taking a listen to God's Word for Life. And in these United States, the the city with the most downloads, with Houston, Texas, edging out Denver, Colorado by just one single solitary download. So good job, everybody. I hope you enjoy God's Word for Life, and it helps you to walk closer with Jesus. Head over to PentecostalPublishing.com. Some great resources, Bibles, Bible studies, devotionals, books, music, all of that over at PentecostalPublishing.com, and you'll be able to grow in your devotional walk and your relationship with Jesus Christ and help others to grow in theirs. Next week, we launch into a brand new series, and this series is called The Importance of God's Word, and our first episode is called Unmoved by God's Word. Sounds a little frightful. I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week, and always look forward to learning and living out God's Word for life. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.